Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Let's not waste any time here on a Monday. Let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Steve Carp. Steve, how are you? Great. How are you this morning? I am good. And uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, exactly, right? So we'll, we'll get <clears throat> to not that. as good as Asia Wilson. <laughs> All right. Busy day. You tweeted about it on Sunday. One of the busier days in Las Vegas sports, certainly around that sports corridor that they have with the Mandalay Bay and the Hacienda Bridge and Allegiant Stadium. But let's start with the the winning team in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Aces win game one of the semifinals. They are now uh, two wins away from going back to the WNBA finals. Carpy, you were there. First of all, I, I think we talked about it. You chose to cover the WNBA over Sunday night football. If you could tell the audience, why did you do that? Well, a couple of things. One, the Raiders had plenty of games left to play and lose. The Aces, <laughs> the Aces are in the midst of a trying to repeat as WNBA champions. It's a semifinals. It's a game that people thought would be very competitive, and it was for a while. Um, I just think they're the better story. Yeah. Frankly. I mean, and uh, they showed it yesterday. Dallas is good. They're just not at the Aces level, unfortunately, for them. I think it's going to be a quick series. If they can win a game in Dallas, I'm talking about the Wings, uh, that would be a a really good accomplishment. And um, I just think the Aces... When, when Asia Wilson is dominating, when Jackie Young is making shots, and Kelsey Plum is hitting, it, it's just a, a tough, tough team to beat. And, and Dallas has talented players. They're big. They're physical. Unfortunately, they're just not as talented. What stood out about that game? I mean, some teams um, flip a switch when it comes to the postseason. This team has been historically great during the regular season. They've won the first, uh, you know, they they won the first two games of the postseason uh, to sweep the best of three in round one. They've now uh, taken a 1-0 lead in the semifinals. So they haven't lost this postseason. What stood out to you about this team? That the best player in the league showed up. <clears throat> and dominated. Yeah. And Brianna Stewart is a, is a tremendous player for the New York Liberty. Uh, nothing against her. Asia Wilson is the best player in this league. And she decided that she was going to need to take this game over. She did. And then you see Kelsey Plum making shots all over the court. 
and Jackie Young is doing her thing. And, you know, we haven't even talked about Chelsea Gray, who I wrote about my column, because she's like the brains of the operation, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the smart one. And she didn't even have a great game yesterday, and she still impacted the game defensively, um, making plays, making smart decisions. They're, they're just so well-rounded. And they're not deep, Arash. They're, yeah. they're not like eight, nine, ten players in the rotation. Becky Hammond's playing basically seven players, and that's it. Okay? And you would think at some point it takes its toll, but they have managed their time off the court really well. And, and yeah, it showed in the first quarter they were a tad rusty. But, man, once the second quarter started – Especially in the third quarter, I think it was 26-12 for Vegas. I mean, Dallas isn't coming back from 20 down. It's just nobody is, not even the Liberty. So, What was the atmosphere, again, as you had mentioned um, in uh, your uh, post prior to the game? Again, you got 2 p.m. tip-off for the WNBA at the Mandalay Bay, 5 p.m. or 5.15 kickoff Sunday night football at Allegiant Stadium. Again, so that that means around tip off, you obviously had you know fans pre gaming around the strip. Um, what was the atmosphere like? What was your commute like? Well, my commute's easy because I know how to get into the back <laughs> to play Bay or Frank Sinatra Drive. I don't have to deal with the freeway stuff, and I, I can avoid Allegiant Stadium altogether. But what struck me was when I got to Mandalay Bay, and I got there early. I was there like 9 o'clock. Wait, 9 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I wow. got there really well. I went to the race and sports book. Oh, that's right. To see how the horses were doing. And it was like wall-to-wall Steeler fans. Yeah. I They should have opened a Primanti Brothers uh, <laughs> pop-up because it was just a sea of black and gold. And I think you saw that when you went to the game last night. I mean, this has been an ongoing problem. For Mark Davis, ever since the Raiders moved here from yeah. Oakland, the opposing team's fans outnumber the Raiders' fans, and I think that is an issue going forward. I mean, yeah, no fan has ever caught a pass or picked off a pass or ran for a touchdown. I get it, but there's still an atmosphere to the whole thing. And whereas the Aces, it's all Aces fans. We go to a Raiders game, uh, like you were there last night, and you see all these Steeler fans with their terrible towels waving and and making noise and and just getting behind their team. I think it's discouraging if I'm a Raiders player Mm -hmm. to be in my building and seeing the other team's fans take it over. I don't know how you fix it. I, well, I know how you fix it. You win, and you give people who are Raider fans a reason to want to come and not sell their tickets. But Steve, it's, it's, it's a fascinating question. It goes beyond wins and losses because the majority of the fans coming here, um, they, they, they make these plans far ahead of schedule. As soon as the, the NFL schedule comes out in May, they book their trips. I mean, we talked about this before, but that, you know, if you're going to make one trip or if you're going to make two, but if you're going to make one, it's Vegas. 
So regardless of how the team is doing, for example, like uh, there's going to be a ton of Jets fans here. Obviously, they made those plans prior to the first game of the season when um, when um, Aaron goes down. Um, the cost, Steve, touch on the cost because the cheapest ticket to get into Allegiant Stadium last night was $500. So the problem is you've, you've really priced out. And, and I'm not saying that fans here can't afford a big ticket, but listen, that, that $500, you're not taking a family of four there. With WNBA, cheapest ticket's about 12 bucks. You can take a family there. How do they fix that? That's a great question. See, the, the pricing, and first of all, putting the NFL team on the field is, is far more expensive than putting a yeah. WNBA team on the court. So let's start there. Yeah. All right. Mark Davis's costs for the Raiders far exceed those of the Aces. That said, the Raiders have the most expensive ticket in the NFL. Okay. So even if you got in at face value, you were still paying, what, $150 or $150? And, and that's the cheapest, Steve. I mean, that's really just to walk in the door and get, like, the last seat, you know, but yeah. In the upper, in the, in the forward level. Yeah. It's not a great seat. Yeah. All right. Second, you've got all the, it's very pricey. It's $100 to park in the stadium lot, which isn't very big to begin with, which is why they charge $100. The food prices are very high. I don't know if you walked around the concourse, yeah. and, but, you know, a beer is like $14, $15. A hot dog's like 12 yeah. You can with Atlanta, where oh, if you go yeah. stadium, and like a hot dog is like 3 or $4, a beer is like $6. It's far more affordable. And, and that's the case for, believe it or not, for a lot of NFL teams. All right. The Raiders just happen to be at the extreme end of the high side of it. So I don't know how he reduces prices, yeah. especially when he's losing. Nobody wants to go. Uh, it's, it's really a dilemma. I, I just think they've got to find a way to, to start winning football games. And last night, did not help them when Josh McDaniels has fourth and fourth to eight. Yeah. And he's kicking a field goal, which does him absolutely no good. Mm -hmm. He must have lost count of the score because <laughs> if they're able to score a touchdown, they get a two-point conversion, they're tied. Yeah. It's a high game. And then let's see what happens. Maybe it goes to overtime. Maybe the Steelers turn it over late and, and they could get, you know, Carlson on the field to kick a long field goal, you know. But when you do what they, he did, it just magnifies why fans are frustrated with the team. And there, there's just so many issues right now with the Raiders. Do you know they don't have a single takeaway yet through That's three games? No interceptions, no fumble recoveries. How are you winning that way? Garoppolo's got six interceptions. They they let Derek Carr walk so they can sign this guy, and, and he has not played well. Let's be honest. Josh Jacobs has continued to struggle since returning from his holdout. 
They have no running game to speak of. The offensive line gets dominated every week. They certainly got dominated in Buffalo. Yeah. And again, got dominated by Pittsburgh last night. So you tell me where this is turning around anytime soon. And then to compound it, all these draft picks they've had, so far, none of them are really panning out, are they? No. no. If you're being honest about it, and you're saying, you know, you're trying to evaluate Dave Ziegler, the GM, forget McDaniels for the moment, all right? He's, he's losing the room with decisions like the one he made last night. You know, Devontae Adams is very frustrating. But if you look at Dave Ziegler and the way he's rebuilding this team after Mike Mayock and, and Gruden, and even let's go back to Reggie McKenzie, mm-hmm. I don't know that you can give him a passing grade so far for what he's done. I mean, are the Raiders better in any area? Not really. Yeah. So I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do if you're Mark Davis. I guess you go to Temple today and pray a lot. That's exactly right. Um, Maybe he'll go to Temple today. That's that's right. Um, Steve, compare this to the Vegas Golden Knights because here's the thing. As a business, Vegas is doing very well. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is Mark Davis. The tickets are sold. So what you have is parking is sold out. Tickets are sold out. Concessions are being sold. From a financial perspective, the team is very successful. The overall value of the team has increased in Las Vegas. That, so that's not the question. The question right. is, how do you get the local fan who right now is not only discouraged because you're losing, but they're discouraged because, quite frankly, if they're in Henderson, like, listen, I'll go to a Henderson Silver Knights game or something like that or a G League game. Like, like I'm not spending uh, $100 for a parking. I'm not spending $500 for a ticket. I'm not spending, like, you know, $20 for, like, a beer. So, um Compare this to the Vegas Golden Knights, again, perhaps different because of their connection to the city and they go to the Stanley Cup final in year one. The feeling was this would be a similar situation where you'd have those weekend games against Toronto, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Detroit, whatever, and it would be a lot of opposing fans. Slowly but surely, yes, there are some. That didn't really happen. It became more of a local team. How did they do that? Because the people that the owner put in charge of the team have done their jobs really well. George McVie, Kelly McCrimmon have built a really good hockey team. And we saw it when they won the cup in June. They got the right coach in Bruce Cassidy. They've done a great job of finding the right pieces and moving on from other pieces that are popular with the fans, obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury comes to mind. Even Riley Smith, when they moved him to Pittsburgh in the offseason so they could keep Ivan Barbashev, who's a younger and, and a better player. They don't let emotions get in the way of their decision-making. Okay, there'll be a time to honor Riley Smith when the Penguins come in in, in January and and certainly Flurry, if they ever build statues outside T Mobile Arena, yeah. Flurry's the first one. Mm-hmm. But that's the big difference between what I think the Raiders don't do is what the Golden Knights do do. All right? Because yep. if the product on the ice was not good, believe me, nobody would go. Like if 
they played Edmonton on Saturday, and the Knights were, you know, like the Sharks, let's say, and yeah. you know, they're just a bad team. That place would be all Edmonton fans wearing Connor McDavid '97 blue jerseys. Yeah, that's reality. And there may become a day, Arash, where that does happen, where the Knights, because nobody's great forever. Yeah. Every team goes through periods where they're down, where they struggle, where they're rebuilding. And and that's going to happen here at some point. It's not happening right now. But maybe four, five, six years from now, it does. Mm-hmm. And see how loyal the, the Golden Knights fans are to the brand. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, as we've talked about Vegas sort of being the you know, sports capital right now, so we uh, transition into... WNBA game one semifinal Sunday night football Tuesday's game two also grand arrivals for uh, Canelo Charlo you'll be at the fight you covered a lot of big fights um, mm-hmm. there's something big about when it's Canelo now the very kind of interesting how they didn't get the September 16th Mexican Independence Day uh, they let that slide through their fingertips at T-Mobile went to UFC but anyways they, they they're here one week post that um, Canelo, uh, how big is this fight, Steve? Honestly, not as big as some of the others we've seen this year. That's true. Canelo yeah. having the hype for this thing, all right? And he's not great when it comes to hyping his own fights, mm-hmm. all right? He, he does speak English, but he chooses not to when he deals with English-speaking reporters or television people. He'll he'll have a, an interpreter, which is never good, yeah. all right? Charlo's moving way up in, in weight to fight this guy. I, I never liked that. I always think it's a detriment to any fighter who has to put on extra weight. It just changes the way he performs in the ring. He's usually slower. Um, things he normally can do from a quickness standpoint seem to disappear it's a fight Canelo should win, will likely win. Um, I'm glad Charlo's getting a shot. He's, he's He and his brother have both been very good performers in the ring. They, they've done a great job. <clears throat> and it's just, to me, one of these nights where we'll just watch Canelo. We'll say, boy, he used to be a lot better, but he didn't need <laughs> to be to beat this guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what fights are really out there. I mean, I don't want to see Bud Crawford go to 160, 168 pounds to fight Canelo. I just don't want to see that. Okay? I'm not sure I want to see Crawford have a rematch, though, with, um, with what's his name? I, I'm blanking out. The guy he beat. That was yeah. I don't want to see that either, though. That was okay. the most one-sided, you know, coming in 50-50 fight of the year, and then it just completely one-sided. So well, it reminded me of when Pacquiao destroyed De La Hoya. So by the way, he beat him so bad that we forgot the guy's name. It's sad. What the heck happened there? No, <laughs> well, I, that's off. But no. anyway. But look, you know what? The card is good. There's some good good competitive fights on the undercard. Uh, Canelo does have a good following. 
yeah, they screwed up not having a Mexican Independence Weekend, and I think you're going to see UFC from now on look to put a card on it on that date. You know, yeah. that used to be a Mayweather date. That's you know, right. The bio, but, you know, I'll tell you what, Dana White, whether you like him or don't, he's very smart. He mm -hmm. understands marketing. He knows how to sell. He'll get good fighters to come in and fight on a Mexican independence card at T-Mobile, and it'll do well. And, and I think boxing will have to find alternative dates or sites to uh, – to cater to the Latino and Mexican fans. Yeah, and Steve, to that point, now with the merger of WWE and UFC with this TKO company that they've built, I mean, they are really going to make that a, a priority, a grand weekend where, uh, you know, Saturday will be the UFC, Sunday will be WWE, they'll have a fan fest. I mean, you're 100% right. Um, Dana Smart, but then you combine that with Vince McMahon and that promotional uh, oh, yeah. machine. It'll be great. Uh, Steve, I will see you this week. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you go down the list. Once again, Vegas, sports capital of the world right now. Steve, you're the best. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Fernando Ramirez. Talking a little, a little bit about the Chargers when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090s with the California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Arash, I'm great. Thank you again for having me on in a new week. A new week, uh, just um, listen, good news and bad news. Like We can't have good news with the Chargers, apparently, with a lot of bad news. We have found out this morning Mike Williams um, suffered what the team kind of feared post-game. Torn anterior cruciate ligament, DCL, we know what that means. That means he's done for the season. Just an absolute brutal blow for the Chargers. Put into context what his loss means for the team. I mean, obviously, you lose one of your best weapons. Um, that's something that these guys were banking on. I mean, having both him and Keenan Allen and, and uh, letting a guy like Quentin Johnston kind of come into his own, Josh Palmer integrating himself a little bit more. But now, I mean, without Mike, now it's you kind of have to speed up the process, and now you're going to see 
what you have in Quentin Johnston. I mean, it really is. I know everybody talks about Josh Palmer, but for me, this is about watching what Quentin Johnston's going to do. You see uh, Zay Flowers with Baltimore doing well. Uh, you see Jordan Addison with Minnesota. Now it's time for Quentin Johnson to step up, and it's going to be next man up mentality. So uh, it's it's his time to to show what he's got. But for the Chargers, just um, just a really bad uh, just a bad break because I mean, yesterday you got you got to kind of figure it out. Um, Mike catches 127 yards and a touchdown. Keenan yeah. Allen goes for 215. Uh, Herbert only had seven incompletions. I mean, it looked good, and now all of a sudden, uh, you're back to square one. Uh, you uh, touched on it, but um, where does the team go from here? Is there anyone available um, that that you think that they may go after? No, not really. I mean, yeah. it... Tom Telesco Tom isn't one of those GMs that'll panic and go and, and trade for, like if Mike Evans became available or one of those guys, I don't see him uh, doing that. I think they're, they're, they've always been more about, oh, well, uh, in-house, we believe in the guys in-house. And I mean, in a sense, they should because, um, because now you have, uh, like we said, Quentin Johnson. Now it's about what does he have? Who is he going to be? Josh Palmer. Um, Josh Palmer's done some good. He's done some bad kind of this season, but now it's about those two guys are going to have to step up because now Keenan Allen, I mean, he's going to get doubled, um, more often now because Mike isn't, you don't have the threat of Mike Williams until a Quinn Johnston or a, um, or a Quinn, uh, Josh Palmer can step up. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward what these, uh, what they decided to do, but um, first chances this weekend, they face the Raiders. Yeah. Um, so let's now talk about the game again. I mean, you, you, you hate for, for, for this news to kind of take away from it, but uh, a must-win situation. Normally, you don't get those week three, but, uh, you know, the Chargers were not in a situation after they lost the first two games to drop a third straight. So they find a way to win 28-24, as you wrote in the Sporting Tribune. They found a way to do it regardless, or they, they found a way to get past their fourth down blunder. Talk about... A the win, but B like they 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 could have had the same situation happen, Fernando, where they blew a fourth quarter lead. They did not allow that to happen, though. I mean, Justin was just, Justin Herbert and Ken Allen were on a different planet. I thought uh, on Sunday night, and and I've been saying it all off season that Keenan Allen had a great camp. Um, he was really doing a lot of different things, and now everybody thinks, oh, Keenan Allen's just a slant out route kind of guy. He's been going down the field a lot more. Justin's been hitting him. That's his second consecutive game. You know, it's funny, Arash, there's only one player in NFL history with multiple uh, 15 uh, catch games, and Keenan Allen's that only guy. So uh, oh. just uh, the guy's really impressive. He's 31, 32 years old, and he is still putting up big numbers. And and that's what somebody told me recently. They're like, with the way Keenan Allen plays, he could play till uh, another five or another three to four years at a high level because of his style of play. And that is true. So uh, now it's about, um, but going back to that now, now it's about yesterday was about them showing resiliency going down the field. I mean, Minnesota had all the momentum and the charges were backed up and who do they look to Herbert and Keenan Allen? They drove down the field. I know Herbert almost threw a pick, but uh, I thought that ball was, uh, he threw it with so much mustard that the guy just couldn't handle it and it popped up and Josh Palmer got it and walked into the end zone. Uh, the fourth down call, I actually wasn't 
against it. The only the only thing I had that I was against was the play call. I wouldn't have quarterback sneaked, uh, snuck it because um, their defensive line had gotten in there way too quick. But I would have just gone with what they had. I would have spread them out. I would have made uh, – and if they wanted to bring the house, they blitzed Justin Herbert 84% of the time. So what? Did, so Keenan Allen told us after the game, he's like, we uh, – Justin and I saw what they were doing, and we adjusted. We were like, hey, let's start doing screens. Let's start doing this. Let's start doing that to kind of take advantage of it. And uh, that's what they did. So, um, so definitely smart on uh, on their part. But, um, but yeah, it, it was close. Um, it just was one of those things where you're like, oh, is it gonna rear its ugly head? But the defense stepped up at the end. And and I don't know if you heard this, but Kirk Cousins blamed the crowd noise uh, for um, for his blunder there at the end. <laughs> and you're just laughing, and you're like, "Wow, like that was your own stadium." So, uh, definitely, uh, I thought that was pretty funny. So, listen, Keaton Allen not only sets a team record with um, um, 18 receptions, 215 yards, but had an absolute dime touchdown, 49 yard touchdown. Did you know Keaton could throw like that? That was a perfect pass. Uh, yeah, I did actually. I remember a couple of years ago. Um, Keen, they tried it. I don't know if you remember that game. It was like a Sunday night game against the Chiefs. Not last year, but the year before. Uh, they tried it, and I think Keenan got uh, – he had too much pressure in his face, so he over he overthrew Mike by a little bit. And I knew they were going to go back to it because I think uh, Keenan actually has a really nice touch on the, on the ball. And if you notice, before every practice, Keenan and Mike are standing there, and they start throwing the football around, and then – uh, Keenan kind of makes it seem like he's he's a quarterback. He'll go like he'll he'll pretend to hike it. He turns, looks, and hits Mike. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely interesting. But yeah, I knew that Keenan had an arm, but I knew that they wanted to do that play. As soon as he threw the screen the way he did, I'm like, oh, here goes the pass. And Mike was wide open, and he basically walked into the end zone. So uh, it was a great play, and and Justin. Justin critiqued it after the game. He's like, nice form, uh, very nice spiral. Like, I thought he did a, a really good job. So, Fernando, I, I was in Vegas last night, Sunday Night Football, the Raiders and Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, the Chargers often get a lot of grief for, you know, having a lot of the opposing fans come in. And I say, listen, you know, if, you, if you're going to go on one road trip or perhaps two, you're circling Los Angeles or you're circling Vegas. I had never seen so many opposing fans at a stadium before. It was a sea of yellow and black, all Steelers. Um what is the difficulty or what is the challenge there? Because, again, I, I think more and more people are going to be talking about Vegas. I mean, they, they've kind of – this has been the case for a while, but I, I think for whatever reason, people haven't been talking. When I looked at their schedule this season, their home schedule, I knew this would be a weekly occurrence because they have uh, the Steelers, the Jets, the Giants, the Packers uh, – Chiefs, of course, in their division, but it was a lot of uh, teams that travel well. Your thoughts on that? I mean, what I, I, I do think the Chargers have improved. They've done a very good job of making sure that if a if a Chargers fan needs to resell their ticket, that they find a way for it to get into the hands of another Chargers fan. I guess first, your thoughts on the season Sunday night. I'm not sure if you watched the game, but how can these teams change that? Uh, no, I know I did watch it. I mean, it's just it's hard because I remember even when the Chargers were in San Diego, whenever Pittsburgh would play, yeah. it was always 50-50, 60-40 Chargers. Like, it was always really loud. So, I mean, I remember that one Monday night game where Michael Vick had to play because Ben Roethlisberger was hurt. 
and there was a lot of terrible towels. Even when they played at the StubHub, yeah. I remember how uh, how loud it was for the Steelers. Um, I think it's just tough because, I mean, you're looking at, like, San Diego, military town. So, obviously, you're going to get fans of other places. L.A. is the same thing, but then also it's L.A. I mean, you're going to, yeah. you're going to, like, can you imagine, like, a Steelers fan or, or, or I don't know, a Green Bay fan? And, or, you know what, let's take this. In Buff Buffalo, they, the Chargers play the Buffalo Bills, I think, on the 22nd or 23rd of December. You want to get out of Buffalo in <laughs> yeah. December. So why not come out to sunny Los Angeles? You get a hangout. I mean, that's the problem. And Vegas is Vegas. So people are like, oh, hey, let's take a trip to Vegas. And and honestly, Arash, I think another thing is, too, I think a lot of residents from Las Vegas bought season tickets and they just sell them as because, I mean, I know people that uh, buy season tickets and they just sell them. Because it's a it's a very good market. I mean, I know somebody that has I think Ram season tickets, and they sell like, they, they they sell their tickets yeah. for four times as much as they bought them. So uh, fans are willing to pay, or yeah, fans are willing to pay. So I think sometimes people use it as a business. So, but yeah, I'm really surprised because I mean the Raider Raider Nation is deep. I mean mm-hmm. they have fans all over the place. So I don't know if. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I, I'm surprised that they don't fill that stadium up, especially because uh, Vegas is in the middle of of, <clears throat> of San Diego, yeah, uh, Oakland, and then uh, L.A. is right there. So I'm surprised people haven't gravitated more towards it. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not su- like what I was surprised was last year when they played the Wa- uh, the Washington Commanders. Yeah. They even flooded the stadium, so I- I'm just really surprised by that. You know, but you, I think you touched on a very key point there. You know, talking to fans at the game last night, um, the cheapest ticket to get in the door, cheapest ticket was about five hundred dollars. And so, when 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 you have a situation like that, you've really priced out a lot of fans. So I think that there is a lot of fans who would love to go to games, but they're they're not. You know, because it's not just the ticket price, as you know. It's like $100 for a parking pass, $500 for the ticket, $20 for a beer, you know, $10.50 for, you know, uh, like a hot dog or something. So, I mean, it gets to a point where, like, will I, I like, I love my team, but will I spend close to $1,000 to watch them play? Probably not. But it's, it's a very unique challenge. So, because as a business, they're doing very well. As a business, they, you know, they, they sold out parking, they sold out the stadiums, they're doing well with food and concessions and beers and all that. But you need to figure out a way for uh, you to have um, your home fans there. Um, and it's, yeah. especially because they don't care. I mean, yeah, owners yeah. don't care. Yeah. Owners just want butts and seats. They don't care if it's, uh, if it's the opposing team, if it's this, if it's that. They don't care. As long as they fill the stadium, they don't care who the – I mean – Stan Kroenke, I'm sure, is one of those that does care. Yeah, but uh, but most most owners don't care as long as there's butts in those seats. Uh, you were very up on pop culture as well as football. Uh, gonna, gonna throw you a curveball here. Your thoughts on uh, Taylor Swift showing up in Kansas City? Listen, the rumors are true. Not only was she there, she was with Mama Kelsey. I mean, that's really I know. you know, if your girlfriend starts hanging out with your mom, that's a big deal. That means they've been going out for a while. Then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, 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 but Arash, you know, what's funny. I just got an email and it says 60% chance Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey get engaged. <laughs> They're taking bets. On, it says Swift and Kelsey to still be a couple by week one of the NFL season. Ah. 
It's uh, uh, under 150. (laughs) I love that they got the lines on this. It's so great. I know. It's incredible. Like, like, leave the people, leave them alone. I don't know if you saw that video of that guy. He took, like, a five-second video of Kelsey and Taylor walking in the back. Yeah. You could tell Travis's face was like, oh, my God. Come on, dude. Like, (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But I'm actually, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm actually uh, a... a fan of his and his brother's uh, podcast, New Heights. Amazing! Yeah, I, I can't wait till the episode on Wednesday because I know <laughs> they like to give each other. They live. They love to give each other a lot of crap. So I'm, I'm wondering what uh, what Jason's gonna tell uh, Travis. But yeah, I I think it's interesting. I mean, he's kind of broken that. I mean, athletes date uh, actresses all the time, but it's usually the quarterback. Right. So that means that the tight end is starting to win. Maybe as big guys uh, soon, maybe an offensive line. If it would have been an offensive lineman, I would have uh, been a lot more impressed because I would have been like, it's big boy season. So, But uh, but definitely uh, pretty impressed that a tight end is uh, dating one of the biggest uh, pop stars in, in the world. Fernando, so he and his brother, their new Heights podcast, as you touched on, was already the number one podcast. Now, I don't think oh, yeah. just sports. I think it was like the number one podcast overall. The Swifty Rub, to use a yeah. wrestling term. I mean, you cannot really put it. I, I don't think people realize, or perhaps they do. I mean, this woman sold out six straight concerts at SoFi Stadium. She could have sold out six more. So it's to get that Swifty Rub, and it was already number one. The, the podcast numbers, as you touched on, for Wednesday show, I mean, I can't even put a, a, yeah. a, a guess on that. I mean, nuts. You, you- you know, it's funny, Arash, a couple of weeks ago, so uh, obviously I keep up with European soccer. Uh, there's a star at Real Madrid. His name is Jude Bellingham. Uh, he was up for an award in, uh, in uh, like, Youngster of the Year or something like that. He was losing to a kid from Barcelona, but a Swifty fan found, uh, found a clip of them asking him, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? He's like, I hate Taylor Swift. No. And then that Swifty found a, a clip of Jude Bellingham saying, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Uh, this is my favorite song. So <laughs> Swifties went in and they started voting for this. So at first that Barcelona kid was when there was like five other people on there. At first that Barcelona kid was killing everybody. In less than 30 minutes, uh, he had turned the tables and Jude Bellingham was leading like 87% to like, 15 or something like that so they when they come they come in full force like it's it's uh <laughs> it's it, it's crazy the way uh people are uh people get very i mean people people love they love deep and and folks love taylor swift so i mean well i'm not gonna try and say anything but <laughs> I, i'm just uh i think she's, i think her music's cool and everything but it's not my cup of tea but i, yeah. I also rock with it or whatever but uh, definitely interesting to see the love that people have for Taylor Swift. And I'm sure now there's going to be a lot more 87 Kansas City Chiefs fans, um, uh, Kansas City Chiefs jersey wears because of Taylor. So I, I can't wait till they make an 87 jersey and it's a Swift on the back or, <laughs> oh, yeah. or something. People are going to watch. Pretty soon somebody's going to have that. The goal, the hope is, and I think that they will. I mean, uh, hopefully that there's still a couple when the Chiefs come to town to play the Chargers. That's, that's going to be a ton of uh, fun there. Last couple for you, Fernando. Uh, Padres, Giants, uh, you know, the uh, face-off in a, I guess, a crucial series. I don't think either is going to make the postseason. They're still mathematically alive. Uh, I know we've touched on this before, but um, now that they're, these are their last few games of the season, 
Your thoughts on the Padres? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know how much people have been reading into this, but there's no. I, I don't think AJ Preller and Bob Melvin uh, are going to be able to coexist. Yeah. After this, so I. I think, and the crazy part is, is that who are you going to really get? Like Bob Melvin's a veteran. He's been there before. Like he was an Oakland A's manager, and he and he took them far. And he, everybody knows about the Oakland A's. Like everybody knows the Brad Pitt movie Moneyball <laughs> that they're cheap and and they they don't like spending money. But I mean, what else are you going to find? Like, what can you bring in that's going to be better? Um, so that's definitely going to be an interesting uh, interesting to see. But yeah, the Athletic is reported. I, I go more with the Athletic than the Union Tribune, but uh, <laughs> the Athletic said that their their relationship is uh, is not um, mendable. That it's just it's bad. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But um, but it's going to be a crucial offseason for the Padres because. Uh, you're going to have some money to spend. I'm pretty sure Blake Snell's not coming back. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Josh Hader came back. Uh, are they going to go get Shohei Otani or are they going to go use that money to bring other pieces in? Uh, you gave you Darvish this huge contract. I thought they should have given Blake Snell you Darvish's contract yeah. and Hassan Cronenworth's uh, contract. Like, I'm just so surprised that this team, like that AJ Preller, and it's because AJ Preller has that syndrome that I guess most general managers have, or fail, not failing general managers, but general managers that they want their guys to succeed. So they give them a contract extension and they're like, I swear, this is going to work. Like, it's going to, they're going to be fine. They're going to do well. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And it just hasn't come to fruition. So uh, I don't know. It's going to be a, a weird offseason for the Padres, but. Um, but hopefully they can go and, and get some talent and then bring some guys in. But uh, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm nervous about what they're going to do this offseason because it's a crucial one because you're kind of teetering on you. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Union Tribute saying that Magna Charta hasn't been yeah. accountable, this and that. Like, you're close into, into all this, like, kind of blowing up in your face. So you got to be really careful um, this next season because if they don't perform this upcoming season, the parties are going to have to blow it up. And and I wouldn't trade either. Uh, I wouldn't trade any other farm system. You got to rebuild that back up. So uh, this offseason is crucial for them. But yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs. There's no way in hell. Yeah, it's just it's so frustrating. And I, I, I was so happy to see the fans turn out the way that they did this season. They 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 did prove that if you put up a good product on the field, if you spend on a on paper a winning team fans would show up so it was really great to see that but yeah just fr frustrating that it did not turn into a playoff team uh fernando you're the best we'll have you back on uh next week as well we'll talk about the chargers big uh, canelo charlo fight this weekend so we'll talk about that as well fernando thank you so much that's all the time we have for today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is arash markazi saying stay safe stay healthy this is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.